boys and girls, dying time is here. That's right! It's Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives on Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal Patrick Hamilton coming to you once again from Camp Crystal Lake or Camp Forest Green. I can't remember, and you know what? After today, it won't matter anyhow. This is the Kill by Kill podcast, and we, of course, are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. We will be unpacking all the gory details of the aforementioned Friday the 13th Part 6 in the hope that a counselor's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes we can make about them. And as always, the one person that I plan to help me break out of jail by kissing her in the mouth through the jail bars <laughs> is the one and only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing, Gina? Uh, Patrick, I I cannot believe that we've we've closed the book or about to close the book so soon on on this on this uh, particular chapter. I, I I feel I feel good. I don't feel exhausted. I don't mm-hmm. feel defeated like like the last time we uh, uh-huh. came to, to the end of a chapter. I I, I feel this has been a, a a a bonding experience with you. I, I feel closer rather than than resentful that you made me do this with you. <laughs> I, well, I would I, hold. I would hold dear to that feeling because while the next two are okay-ish, we have some rough roads ahead of us, Radcliffe. We're going to need some 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 podcast host counseling, I think, after uh, after after Jason goes to hell. I think. <laughs> Who knows? That could turn out to be a secret victory for all we know. Uh, you know, uh, maybe part eight will be our undoing because you know they leave on a boat from a lake and then cross an ocean to New York City. From New Jersey. From New Jersey. <laughs> From a lake in New Jersey to the port in New York City. I'm going to have a lot of ranting about geography and, and, and how that would work. And, and New York City itself. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm already furiously jotting notes, even though it's going to be three months from now, probably. <laughs> Thereabouts, yeah. And as always, uh, we are honored to have a special guest with us today. The host of Pet Cinematary, the podcast that explores any movie that features a four-legged, feathered, finned, or furry star. It's the one and only Wendy Mays. Thanks for being here, Wendy. Hey, thanks for having me, you guys. I'm happier than a hamster spinning around in its wheel to be here. That was a nod to the movie, you guys. <laughs> yes, I know. I was, I was going to say that I, I feared for the hamster's life a few times. <laughs> I feared so much for the hamster's life. I, I was like, really, really worried about it. Is there, I don't remember, but is there, he's not going to grab that hamster and just like pop it like a grape, is he? I don't think that's just a little, that's too cruel even for Jason. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he d- defenseless creatures, he tends to not, he, he might menace them, but he's rarely gone off after someone who you know is below voting age for the most part <laughs> yeah, he, def- he definitely shows his sensitive side in in this particular segment oh yeah yes he does he wants to connect he wants to connect on a deep personal level he wants to make the next generation jason <laughs> that was my theory with the little girl anyway we'll get to it <laughs> <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. Who cares? Now, Wendy, yes. it is a time-honored tradition in the fact that we've only been doing this for a year. But every guest that we have on the podcast, we ask what their first experience was with the Friday the 13th franchise. And what was yours? Shoot. You know, I honestly, I don't even know. I'm sure I watched some of them as a kid. Yeah, honestly. Oh, you know what? I think my first one, I remember going to see Jason Takes Manhattan in the movie theaters. 
because my best friend in like, I want to say eighth grade was originally from New York. So she wanted to go see the New York Jason movie. So I remember going to see that movie actually in the theaters um, and finding it incredibly dumb and not <laughs> understanding what was, I was like, this, what? No, nobody's noticing this guy walking down the street. I don't care that it's New York. That's a, that's a rough introduction. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, we not only always get our first choice. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. The others are there. It doesn't, you know, they're good ones. This is a better one than part this, eight. So this one I enjoyed. I enjoyed this one actually a lot more than I thought I was going to. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that bodes well. Um, so uh, at this moment in time, you know, when I, when I, because I'd always wanted to have you on the podcast, but I, I didn't think far enough ahead when I started plotting out guests because I originally really would have had you on for part four when we have uh, a dog on. Uh, okay. The dog that senses nudity. I can't remember that dog's <laughs> name. Gordon. The dog Gordon. name is Gordon. I don't know why I remember that. I don't think I immediately recall any other character's name. It's where the dog's name is Gordon. Yeah, That's there's awesome. some controversy as to whether Gordon jumps out of a window where he's thrown in the oh, movie. Oh, no. Um... Or in fact, lives. I don't know that we know. Do we know if he lives at the end? I think. No, I think he does. I think he does live. Yeah, I okay. think that's the second of the fake out dead dogs. And there was one in um, part two. I think was it the dog? Yeah, muffins. The, the a muffin. Fake out. The, yeah, muffin is a fake out. I know that there's there, a there's our there's our there's our, our another Patreon merchandise. <laughs> a t-shirt says muffin is a fake out. Uh, I know that there's a jump scare cat. Or look right? at muffin through their penis cam because that's how <laughs> oh. Jason. Looks at Muffin. <laughs> Through a penis cam? Uh, in part two, yeah. Yes. The beginning okay. of part two. <laughs> I need there to go back and watch part, part two, I guess. Part two. And, uh, as part of a, an insane plot by Jason to kill the to kill the only uh, survivor of part one. Yeah, he goes to Helen Gone with his mother's head in a sack. His own head in a sack. And somehow manages to make his way into her apartment, set up a cat scare, put his mom's head in a refrigerator, and kill this poor girl. It's, and how she doesn't smell him coming from a mile away, we'll never know. <laughs> well, that question could be asked for this I'm one still, as well. I'm still, I'm still trying to pause on how he got there. Did he uh, hitch a ride on a train like a hobo? Did he ride a bike? Did he steal a car? We see that he has a toilet in his hovel, but that's all he has. <laughs> he has a toilet without a seat. And the toilet, by the way, Wendy, the toilet has a jump scare. Wait, really? Oh my god, yes. I really need to go back and watch some of these guys. That's amazing. But the toilet is revealed by a local sheriff, and it gets its own music sting. It announces it as, Toilet! <laughs> Oh that still God. gets me you know, every time. You know, there needs it's to be more It's my favorite moment. Like that, that episode gets like zero play. Please go back and listen to yes. some of those part two episodes, people. There's some gold in there. We don't have guests, but it's still funny. Please listen to me, please listen to me laugh hysterically at the word toilet like I'm nine years old again. Yeah, and it's a joke that doesn't translate to Instagram, people. You got to listen to that. <laughs> So when, I, as I was saying, we didn't really have this fully planned out. But once I saw that we had hamsters, I'm like, oh, we got to have Wendy on. Like, this is perfect. <laughs> when I 
did not realize is that I invited you on to have the actual animal death that occurs in this movie beyond the roadkill. And that is a bug getting squashed as the prelap from you Paula's death. Yeah, I've almost, oh, I had actually blocked that out of my memory until you just said that, even though I just watched this movie literally last night. But yeah, uh, I forgot. It. And it's it's a real bug, too. You can tell it's getting squashed and you're just like, no. Yeah, this, you know, nothing, no one should be harmed making a movie. I don't no. care if it's a bug or anything. I know. So this is, you can kind of tell that we're we're going back a ways. This is 30 years ago. Yeah. And I guess you could get away with such a thing with bugs. Today, that'd be CGI. Yeah, yeah, it would be CGI. I was going to say, I feel like you could still get away with, like, killing a bug in a movie. um, Because people, besides me, usually aren't that squeamish about it. You know, they don't care. They would kill the thing as well. But yeah, it'd probably be CGI'd. I I don't think we would repeat another uh, vampire's kiss, though, in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, the days of eating bugs has come and gone, uh, at least uh, in movies. TV, people seem to eat bugs constantly. Well, fear factors um, coming back, And if you back, barbecue so. a scorpion, it turns out it's it's very crunchy. Ugh. Yeah, I, listen, <laughs> it wasn't the worst thing I ate in Japan. <laughs> Wait, you ate a scorpion once? Oh, yeah. A huh. barbecued scorpion? Yeah. I wouldn't imagine uh, there's much meat on them. Oh, no, it isn't. <laughs> it's like a crunchy husk. It's it's like uh, it's like circus peanuts. It's you can't believe somebody eats it, but you know that guy must make some money selling them on the street. Otherwise, he wouldn't be there. Just that should be their slogan. Just like circus peanuts, scorpions. <laughs> it it might scare away the only customers they have. Ah, <laughs> circus peanuts. <laughs> like I was all hungry for a scorpion, and then you said circus peanuts, and it really ugh, threw me off. <laughs> no, thank you. So yeah, we got a bug squash from uh, from Deputy Rick Cologne. I've been calling him Deputy Thornton. That is not true. He's Deputy Rick Cologne, and I don't care. I'm not going to go back and correct it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we I think we we we've gone we've screwed up names so many times. It's I think it's 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 inadvertently become a, a, a running gag. Yeah, we <laughs> never promised we were experts ever. We just we just like the movies and uh could could, pro- could probably win a round of bar trivia, but but you know we're not going to be writing you know, definitive encyclopedia of the Friday the 13th movies. Oh, no. I tried to do a a horror geek uh quiz on slasher movies and two of the questions that i got wrong were friday the 13th related no. I was like, oh oh i remember i'm not i'm not an expert at this i just like this is an excuse to watch the movies and make jokes about them um so we have rick who's doing paperwork squashing bugs on top of it and we have tommy jarvis 3.0 who has now been ensconced in a jail cell and we have Megan on the outside doing some artwork. As a, is this a reference to Alice from part one and the beginning of part two? Probably. Or they just need to give her something to do. We've never I... seen her do artwork before this, though. This isn't a pre-established thing that she's always, uh, you know, sketching uh, people like one of your French girls wearing this, only this. <laughs> I have things to say uh, about about Megan. I don't know if it's uh, if you want to go ahead and introduce you who's who's left before I do. Now, the same people who are left are the same people who are left this time. Folks, the body count is Tommy Jarvis 3.0, Megan, Sheriff Garris, Deputy Rip. 
Rick Cologne and two other deputies that we've just been introduced to. One of us is a Greek guy who really likes his hair. And the other is a blonde <laughs> dude who speaks once to get a SAG card and then is stabbed in the head. Spoiler alert for a movie that came out 31 years ago. I just, it's, I think at this point in the, in the movie, now you are, we did say that the characters in, in, in this are much more likable than the characters in part five because they would have to be. Yes. Um, but I feel at, at this point in the game, I have a little trouble with Megan's motivations. Okay. Now, now, obviously, the audience knows that Tommy is not the bad guy, that he is telling the truth. But Megan leading the cops on a high-speed chase, then pointing a gun at another cop, seems to be motivated solely in her thinking that Tommy is cute. She's all smirking like she's having the time of her life. She's helping this suspected murderer escape from her father. You know, she's all bipping and bopping to that hair metal and <laughs> while driving him along and acting like she thinks she's in a music video. And, and you know, it's an adventure. She's, she's on a fun adventure helping a guy she just met track down a crazed killer who's risen from the dead. And, and I, I feel like there's she has no motivation to to help him and put herself in grievous legal trouble. I mean, you, you, know, you pull a gun on a cop, you, you, you know, let alone steal his gun and turn it on him, you know, to help this guy you just met yesterday i guess the movie is supposed to apply that she just sees something honest in him or you know but it's not presented in a believable manner it just seems like she's really bored and thirsty and here comes this cute guy strolling into town out of nowhere unfortunately they don't give her a ton of motivation outside of if her father says the sun comes out during the day and the moon comes out at night in some sort of taming of the shrew like fashion she disagrees but that that's like it she is the antithesis of dad and dad has a very definitive idea so she has the opposite one and that's the also the reason why she is allowed to pull a gun on a deputy is because because she has probably known that deputy since she was seven years old and can get away with this shit in a certain sense because anyone else who would have led uh, a known felon uh, and mental uh, patient on a high-speed chase all while giving us not one but two views of her crotch probably <laughs> would have ended up in a jail cell by now so at this point she's got a permanent get out of jail free card really by the end of this night it's not like dad's gonna be telling her she was wrong anyways spoiler alert for Friday the 13th part <laughs> Uh, I think she's just into his hotness, and uh, unfortunately, that gets her dad killed. Yeah, I mean, her dad kind does of. sacrifice himself for her in a way, because Jason's this freight train that's now set his sights on her because she's yelling. Yeah, so that's what I mean, yeah, but she wouldn't be there in the first place if she'd just gotten her hormones under control. Exactly. I mean, and again, it's not like she's like, six, she's like 16 and, and, you know, rebelling against daddy. She's like 27. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she is little, 27, but she's also uh, wearing a belly shirt that's broached. Yeah. <laughs> and she little, gets grounded at one point, right? Doesn't yeah. she? Yeah, I, I feel her? like they don't really. They, they haven't really nailed how old these characters yeah. are supposed to be. Like, definitely the actress is not a teenager. No, not at all. And we, I think we, we kind of discussed at the be uh, in the, the first episode of this that we're not entirely sure 
how long this is supposed to take place after the events of part five. But it's safe to assume that that Tommy is probably in his early to mid-twenties. So I guess they figure once that that actor was cast, they couldn't put somebody, a teenage actress, as his love interest, but yet didn't didn't age up the the character herself. She comes off very much like... Like just this kind of tantrumy teen rebel who who should be wearing a T-shirt that says, you know, you laugh at me because I'm different. I laugh at you because you're all the same. You know, one of, the, one of those types of people. <laughs> that is just, very specific, Gene. I know. Yeah, I was like, did you, you have this T-shirt about? as a kid? You know, the, the, the small town, you know, bad girl who who you know is bored, but you know she knows she can't get in trouble because her daddy's the sheriff. I feel like in a different kind of movie, she would have been like a Sharon Stone type character who gets into progressively. You know, crazier and crazier situations because she gets some weird fetish out of it. Yeah, she definitely likes to live dangerously. I mean, we get that from the car chase set to Alice Cooper's rock and roll summer. I'll <laughs> I'll put it underneath us right now, and you'll you'll hear how rocking it is. <laughs> uh, it's definitely the thumpiest, most traditional rock song in the entire thing, and that's counting Teenage Frankenstein's monster and. So it's we're supposed to get the idea that she is really the bandit to her father's Smokey. <laughs> um, and so they concoct, well, I say they, Megan concocts a plan to get Tommy out of jail. She signal, signals this to him via her, her sketchbook. Uh, at first he says no, uh, then he agrees to say yes, and this involves Tommy insulting her artwork to the point where she gets angry throws her sketchbook and then they begin a long very well mic'd kiss between (laughs) jail bars yeah that was juicy (laughs) and then we get to see each of theirs reactions to it where they take turns going is this really happening am i really making out with this person that i just met through jail bars yes not only that, the camera has captured it. So congratulations. <laughs> Finally, this wakes up uh, Deputy Rick Cologne, who then goes to break this up. And they pull what can only be described as a Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid maneuver on him. Grab his gun. He's got this, like, Terminator gun, which is like, what is why does a small town sheriff need a gun with a laser sight? Boredom. It just reminded me so much of the that iconic scene in the Terminator when he's pointing the the laser sight at her in the mm. in the bar. It just it's just like why do you have a gun like that? You're in this sleepy little town, and in, in in and now I get that this is a sleepy little town where eighty seven people or so have been killed at some point. But but you know they seem cool. <laughs> they're they're convinced that it's all over and nothing ever need to be worried about again. But why do you have this this super high tech gun? If I had to guess. Uh, Rick Cologne is worried about the size of his penis and yeah. would like to make up for it with or this mail old... order laser sight that makes his gun very, very heavy to the point at which Megan has to hold it awkwardly with two hands like she's offering up wine to a patron at a restaurant. <laughs> like, you ordered the Bordeaux, correct? <laughs> it does look really heavy in her hands. Yeah, it's not, most people would would, and I'm not a gun expert. Believe it or not, <laughs> most people would brace their other hand by holding the underside of it, and in an effort to 
solidify your connection to the gun so you shoot straighter because there's a lot of kickback. She's holding the underside of it like she's guiding it into something. She's probably still in shock from the awful kiss that her and, and what's his name just had because yeah. that kiss was so gross. Like she's, she's was, probably thinking, she's probably thinking, I went through all this shit, and this guy can't even give a decent kiss. I know it is yeah, the like, worst what, is it looking get kiss. Better from here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's been locked up at a psychiatric hospital. Yeah, there's oh, not a lot of probably not a lot of experience with the smooching. <laughs> that's <And> he, <gasps> what if she's Ron his Plo, first kiss. Oh, <laughs> that is true. That what she if? might be his first kiss. It's her or Ron Palillo. <laughs> we don't no, know. I, I, I think Ron that's Palillo the way Ron did, taught him how to kiss. I think Ron Palillo just kind of has the pillow that, that he called Tommy. Oh, probably. <laughs> I can't blame him. He's, he's just smoking hot. He's pretty dreamy. But this is the moment on The Bachelor when the two people kiss and you're kind of like, oh, he's got to <laughs> They're trying to telegraph with these big googly eyes that, you know, loves smack them in the butt. But we can Ugh. also hear it, and it doesn't <laughs> sound like that at all. Ugh. That's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that being said, uh, Rick gets the table turned on him. Uh, he ends up inside of a jail cell, which actually saves his life. Otherwise, he probably would have been called to the scene at Camp Forest Green and would have ended up D-E-A-D dead like everyone else. But no, he's locked up and he probably found himself a brand new job as the sheriff of Forest Green <laughs> as a result of this. You're welcome, Rick. Congratulations. Rocketing so to, the, then, rocketing to uh, the top of the, the Forest Green police station hierarchy. So they take off. Uh, he tries to dispel Megan yet again from accompanying him on this particular journey. Don't go with me. This is actually dangerous. I need to confront an undead serial killer of which you are completely unprepared. Also, Tommy is unprepared. I'll, I'll, outside of the three books he picked up at the roadside Barnes and Noble on how to deal with undead <laughs> serial killers. <laughs> and they, she relinquishes control of her Camaro. So that he can take the driver's seat. And we're supposed to go, oh, see, she believes him. And I'm like, up until this point, she's told him, get in the fucking passenger seat and like it. And that's what I liked about her. And I don't like her seating control of her car. It's her fucking car. Well, you know, when you when you, when you you lock lips like that, she's probably got a little weak in the knees and now just going to you know, go along with whatever he says. Yeah. It could be that the genes have cut off circulation to her knees. <laughs> They're very tight. <laughs> and we see a lot, all the parts of them in this movie, which is something I completely blocked out. Even during our last episode, we never really talked about the fact that we see the her crotch while driving, not once, twice, but twice. Like it was, you th if you thought it was good the first time, wait till you see it the second. <laughs> yeah, I think it occurred to them that's like, oh, we don't have, no, we don't have enough uh, little eye candy for the gentleman in the audience. We have a couple crotch shots in these impossibly tight jeans. <laughs> but like, here's some jean crotch shots. I can't believe that that would be like, hey, awesome <laughs> to anybody. Like, is that a turn on? 
Here's some crotch shots of jeans. Oh, if you're asking if, if th- is this a turn <laughs> like, on on the it, internet, it, the well, answer no, is okay. yes. Okay, that's no, that wasn't. I meant like for like teenage boys at the time. Would that have been like, oh, it's a girl's crotch? It's like through jeans though. It wasn't like the slip of like an upskirt or something like that. But I know I'm not alone in this, but I once <laughs> masturbated to a Sears catalog. So I'm gonna tell you right now that. A, a, a teenage boy's imagination can take him a very far distance. I, 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 I believe it. You're right. I don't know. That was a silly question to even ask. Well, I think the fact that you know, it's clothed makes it somehow a little less scandalous and, and you feel a little less guilty about it later. later. Yeah. And she does make those great jokes of like, That's right. you know, his head gets rammed in there and she was like, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, she seems like someone who wouldn't be entirely too upset if you told her that you masturbated over thoughts of her <laughs> jeaned crotch and, 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 and in lascivious close-up on, in, a, in a movie. She'd I like, just, she'd be like, I, she'd be like hi, I think she'd be like high-fiving you for that. I just she's now just it. like had a really visual thought of like somebody coming up to you and just being like, Hey, uh, so, uh, I, one time I masturbated to the thought of your crotch and jeans. <laughs> like, the awkwardness of that conversation. It so probably won't get you a lot of swipes on Tinder. <laughs> I don't know why it's tickling me so much, but it is. Yeah, they take off like a bat out of hell. We then cut to Camp Forest Green, where we re-meet up with our poor camper, Nancy. Nancy is... In yet another bad dream situation where uh, Jason has now entered the cabin and is peering over her bed. She then prays the Jason away uh, with the Lord's (laughs) Prayer. uh, And yet another nod to Nightmare on Elm Street uh, because we just can't stop doing it. We can't stop commenting on Nightmare on Elm Street. We just have to say it until it goes away. I do like that in this scene, it looks like the hamsters are scared because that they're huddled together in their spinny ball. I mean, in their little spinny wheel thing. (laughs) Like it gives a shot to the hamsters and look, look, they're even scared. They're huddling together. <laughs> the hamsters are scared of Jason as well. Even, and it, even oh, they uh, cower and quake in his presence. Exactly. And it, again, made me scared that he was just going to like grab one of them and throw it against the wall or something like that. Crush it like a plum. Yeah, I thought he was going to like scare the little girl by like taking these hamsters and, well, not eating them because he doesn't really show his mouth, but something. Oh, that would have been hilarious. He just kind of popped one in his mouth. <laughs> Just lifts the mask a little. <laughs> These little hamster feet just kind of stick it out of it, or like, uh, or like um, in V, he just like opens his mouth really wide, just drops yes. the hamster in there. Yes, <laughs> I'm into it. I wouldn't put it past him. I just, I, I feel like he, he's, he's sort of staring at this little girl, like he doesn't know what a child is. He just seems like mm-hmm. this, this is a. This is a small human. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. <laughs> also, in this scene, Jason has a really good butt. I just want to bring that up. <laughs> I know that there was some talk about how the fat Jason got fired, but Trim Jason has a really good butt. I'm just going to put that out there. He walks a lot, you know? I mean, yeah. he gets like... <laughs> Gets a lot of power walking in those exactly. in those woods, and he's lifting he's li- he's lifting bodies like sacks potatoes. He's getting that Ivan Drago natural workout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. And I feel, you know, in these movies, women usually get objectified. It's time to for Jason to get a little objectified. And that's what I'm here for. I agree. <laughs> I think this is the moment where we really start looking at Jason in terms of a sexual <laughs> being. In the scene where he's with a little girl might be a little wrong, but yeah. <laughs> but that's when you get a full view of that hinder. It's true. There's a good cutaway uh, shot of it earlier in the film. I can't remember where it was, but I was like, oh, he has a really good butt. Look at that. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Add it to Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the fact that he has a good butt isn't in the Friday the 13th Wikia with all the crazy shit that's ended up in there. It should definitely. It be should. One de- of the I'm, that's conditions. what I'm gonna do tonight after this. <laughs> we're done recording. Kill, 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 kill. Break, 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 break. Hey everyone, it's Dick and Max, the hosts of Off the Cuffs, a kink and BDSM podcast. A podcast for those in the lifestyle and those who are curious about it. Each week, we sit down with a different guest to discuss their radioactive spider bite into kink, and it gives everybody a chance to express themselves in matters of sexuality and a platform in which to express it. It's conversational, it's educational, and it's a lot of fun. More and more people have been reaching out to us, telling us what they've learned about themselves just from us sharing our stories with each other every week. So find Off the Cuffs on iTunes or your favorite podcast streaming service and follow us on twitter and instagram at ocp kink kill 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 break 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 the only thing that calls off our well-rounded uh, jason Voorhees from experimenting more with small children <laughs> is the car doors of the sheriff's car and two other deputies who look like I don't know that they're his deputies. They might be county mounties because they have blue uniforms and he has a tan one. Mm. But I, I, I'm just assuming that to be true. It's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty small force to uh, to show up and uh, you know at a place that has been known for uh, disturbances. Let's say it happened before. Yeah. There, I'm a little boggled that three people would show up. So let's, yeah, I don't know why they're wearing darker hued blue uniforms rather than what the sheriff garris is wearing i couldn't tell you it's just something that is maybe they didn't plan it who knows we're not told uh here's what we do know uh sheriff garris tells them to basically spread out we don't want to wake the kids we want to find the counselors and figure out what's going on while this happens thornton notices that pappas the guy with the mustache is admiring his own hair in the reflection of the car window (laughs) it tells him come on handsome and well, this then signals uh, Officer Pappas' death later on, as this film is very wont to do. Sheriff Garris comes into the counselor's cabin, and it is painted with blood. So we can only imagine what happened to Paula, because we don't really see any signs of violence beyond the blood. Yeah, the, I, the, slippers. The, the, the blood spattered bowl of popcorn was a, uh, a, a nice touch. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. We then get uh, Deputy Thornton investigating uh, down by the docks. For some reason, he likes to shine the, the, the his flashlight down at the dock as if all the <laughs> answers will be in the slats in between. I'm not sure what he's looking for at his feet, but you can see that pretty well. In fact, you can see almost everything pretty well. It's lit up like a fucking candle. 
Yeah, with those crazy lamps, though, that, like, are, is it a hurricane season? Like, they are, like, just bashing back and forth like crazy people. Yeah, we, well, we, like we, we have not been able to establish, again, like, we've not been able to establish when this takes place in relation to the earlier movies. There also seems to be some confusion as to what time of year this takes place. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be summer camp, presumably, in New Jersey, and many times the characters complain about how cold they are. Yeah. And I, I yeah. again, I keep falling back on the, I grew up in the New Jersey Pine Barrens, close to where this is supposed to take place. It ain't cold in the summertime. <laughs> it is It is hot. It is humid. It is filled with green. If, if they should be complaining about anything, it's greenheads and mosquitoes. And not, <laughs> not, not walking around showing their breath and wearing three layers of clothing. It does get very stormy in New Jersey. During the summer, I mean that is the but one not place cold, I've but not ever cold though. No, 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 no. I mean, New Jersey I mean, is the I mean, one place that I was at where I saw the sky turn green before a rainstorm. Oh yeah, it, it gets the, it, it gets yeah. spectacular storms, but because mostly because it is so unbearably humid. Yeah. I mean, all I could think is is this some sort of like outward bound camp for very small children that they. They, they make them go in February because, you know, when it said it's most bleak and uncomfortable. But we well, we don't get any rainfall. We've sort of exhausted that. We've, we've only had one rain incident in this entire thing, which is kind of a Friday the 13th thing. A lot of rainstorms. Not so much here. Uh, Thornton continues to examine the ground around the dock for no particular reason. <laughs> when he's then finally raises his his flashlight passes by a tree and uh jason pulls what looks to be either an arrowhead or a throwing knife out of his batman utility belt that he got from rob rob leefield in the 90s and he <laughs> throws that knife straight into thornton's forehead thwang like right above the eye that is a lot of pressure and force <laughs> on a knife to throw it through someone's skull. So again, now Jason Voorhees is the Hulk. And knocks him over. It's so hard yeah. that it goes through his skull and knocks him off the dock. I sort of feel like this might have been a callback to um, Vera's death in part three. For sure. I mean, they love to comment on their previous murders. It's This, I suppose, is... You remember how cool that was? Well, now he can throw a knife to the point where he knocks someone over with the force of its impact. And then for the rest of this, we're going to get body manipulation deaths. Yeah. Which, mm -hmm. outside of the head squeeze in part three, were there a lot of other body manipulation deaths that we've seen? Certainly not in part five. No. Roy doesn't have super strength. Now these are pretty these are pretty grody too. They're pretty extreme. So the sheriff goes in, finds the kids. They appear to be asleep. The hamsters still disturbed. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't recover he, from that. Th they're no, jumping up and down and squeaking like like Lassie. <laughs> He's right over there. He's right over there. <laughs> he doesn't listen. He notices that Nancy has left her bed though. That is the one thing we know. So he's now on the search for a loose kid. Pappas, meanwhile, he's not staring at the ground with his flashlight. No, no, he's he's kept it above ground. <laughs> uh, he looks at a lot of bushes. He takes out his uh, service revolver, which is a smart thing at this point. Uh, he tries to calmly... Uh, well, I think he believes that he he's probably up against someone of Tommy Jarvis 3.0's weight. 
that he can take him. And then Jason comes out and scares the living hell out of him. Papa shoots him six times square in the chest. That is a lot of shots to the chest. He doesn't even flinch, barely. No. Yeah. No. Well, this little, is not... The little girl comes out first and, like, scares him. So you oh, think yeah, that he's right. going to shoot her. And then, <laughs> ha ha ha! <laughs> Uh-huh. I didn't shoot you, little blonde girl. I know. <laughs> like, if that had been anybody, I'm surprised he didn't just, like, whack her over the head with his flashlight. That's what I probably would have done. <laughs> Damn it, kid. Just by accident. <laughs> you know, just by accident, by reflex, like, you're going to turn around and be like, rah! <laughs> yeah, these aren't very competent police officers, no, really. this is true. Yeah. But he does take a bunch of shots to the chest. Well, he's standing right in front of the target. It's yeah. not, like it doesn't take a ton of skill here because the, <laughs> Jason is all of two feet away from him. If he doesn't hit him six times in the chest, it would be an even bigger problem. Sure. But he gets head squeezed to death. R.I.P.D. <laughs> uh, Officer Pappas. Uh, but we don't really see a lot of gore from it. It's just something that happens off camera, which is super weird because only... Th- you know, three movies ago, we had an eye popping out at the audience. Yeah, I, I'm consistently surprised throughout watching this. I say I was consistently surprised throughout watching this, how really not terribly gory it is. I mean, Sissy's death is pretty is pretty gross, and I, and I feel like hers and Sheriff Garris are kind of like the, the ones the ones that everybody. There's always like one or two that people who even if they only seen the movie once remember. But for some reason, I remember um, was it Nikki in the in the the, the RV? Mm-hmm. My my memory. I think I was conflating it with the one from Part Four with Doug getting his face smashed into the side of the the, the bathroom wall. Yeah. But I mean the the but Nikki's was just like I mean for having her face pressed into, you know, a, a sheet metal wall, there was no blood. It was very it was very very strange and and again, I mean even Sissy's death was more just the the effect of, you know, her head coming off rather than being super bloody. Yeah, these are like magic trick deaths. Where the trick is, we're gonna give, we're gonna show death in a very non-bloody way. There must have been a real MPAA feel, like, oh, if we give them a, a super gory movie, we're not going to get an R because almost all of these deaths are illusions, where you see the least amount of Im- impact or incision or blood as possible there's a lot of you know in in the previous episode we had paula dying basically by you know shadow sissy her head comes off and it's not lit the only Mm -hmm. thing you're seeing is the shadows of it yeah they must have been really scared the mpa was going to give them an x yeah my thought and then then they and then by the time that you get to um jason goes to hell then they just completely go off the rails with the uh with with the blood and the gore to the point where it becomes like really comically over the top and i think that was a weirdly different era i mean we're in at the point in pop culture where the idea of putting warn warnings on music on albums has come to light where people the satanic panic has has become a bigger thing than Mm -hmm. just your your local pta where the senate has now you know brought this a panel to bear to ask musicians about their lyrics. So everyone's really scared. And yet, Nightmare on Elm Street, pretty gory stuff. But I think because it's fantastical, 
they were allowed to get away with it. Whereas here, you know, while he's an undead zombie, he's still just a guy using implements to kill people. And I guess they had a, he, Friday the Thirteenth had a target on their back. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's just interesting. Like I said, how how I it's it's been a while since I rewatched this movie, and I just again I guess conflating it with so many others that I'd seen from the same era. I was like, I, and, and yet somehow I think that the kind of leaving it up to your imagination is somehow worse. And I think it also has to do with, like, this movie has, like, a lighthearted air to it. Like, there's so many, like, winks at the audience throughout it. So it kind of would almost feel really strange to actually see three heads getting beheaded all at once. You know, like, to see the knife going through everything. (laughs) Like, that might have been too weird of a... A contrast for, for yeah, I mean certainly, filming. yeah, I, I certainly would have been a little. It's very hard to do horror comedy. Yeah, um, exactly. Because you, I mean, not, not every movie can be like an American Girl from London, where it balances being really funny and then a minute later something horrifying is happening on screen. I think I think they were more interested in in trying to make something that was you know, you know a little fun for the for the fans you know we, we want you to, we, we want to show you our appreciation so we're going to keep referencing earlier movies so that you you get the winks we're tossing in your direction there is one section we do see the end result of Papas's death uh, sheriff Garris trips over his feet and falls uh, right beside Papas and this is the first time we've ever seen a head crush where snot has come out of someone's nose. <laughs> oh, God. Is that what that was? Yeah, the I green could... is coming right Ew. out of his nose. I, I thought, I assumed, I mean, my my, my thoughts went that, that it went right to its brains. It could be, very well be. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, was I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if it was. I mean, I don't know if it's possible that you, 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 the person's head could be turned to mush that much, but hey, you know what? There's a lot of things Jason can suddenly do that he wasn't able to do before, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he hocked a loogie on top of his face, which seems kind of... Just, just disrespectful. Come yeah. on. This is, this is, a, this is a, you know, a lawman. Show some respect. Really? Like, <laughs> he shook some of his maggots time. on him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it is... Ugh. Brody. Um, so it does get a little bit gross, um, but... Again, that's an end result thing. They have no problem showing blood as an end result, but it doesn't really occur in in the action of of itself, and that's got to be some sort of edict. Uh, so this is the moment where Sheriff Garris then faces off against uh, Jason. We see how fucking tall uh, Jason is. He mm-hmm. looks like a giant right now, a, <laughs> a trim giant, not one of your husky giants like we saw before, uh, and. Uh, we see how many things are on his belt. Uh, Garrus lets loose with a shotgun. He peels off three different uh, shotgun blasts on Jason. That doesn't work. He pulls out a service revolver, nails him a couple times, including one headshot, which does Jack and or shit, and Jack just left town. Uh, after that, he heads. he throws his gun to the ground. Which is probably my favorite part in this whole movie. He's like, well, that's fucking useless and nice. <laughs> yeah, I, for a split second, I thought he was going to throw the gun down, just take some kind of karate stance or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it do, they do end up having a physical fight later on. I mean, it, let's cut to the chase here. Uh, Tommy, Jarvis 3.0, and Megan ride into town. 
Uh, he's got a sack full of chain. He finds a heavy rock and somehow manages to get that rock to a boat through a series of jump cuts. Yeah, uh, we don't. I'm, I'm dubious that he was able to get that rock onto a boat by himself. Yeah, he could yeah. barely pick it up to roll it. I'm surprised it didn't sink the boat right away. I was gonna say, yeah, it should just like it should have been like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, just yeah. <laughs> the boat there, just like mur, 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 just goes immediately <laughs> sinks to the bottom of the lake. No, it's it's the tension element of it. This is the bomb underneath the table because they tell you right away, like that boat can't hold that rock, and then it keeps going and going and going throughout the rest of the movie to the point where the rock does fall through the boat. So they. This is a thing, like, this director knows how to set things up and pay them off. It's such a higher level than some of the other films that are either haphazardly scary or haphazardly competent. This is strongly competent. He knows exactly what kind of movie he wants to give the audience, and he sets about delivering that movie to the audience with a ruthless efficiency. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's you, you don't you don't want to think about whether or not he could Tommy could actually do this. So it's like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to go with it. Th- this is fine. I, 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 I accept what is happening in front of me. Yeah. Um, and then Megan then discovers the bloody cabin. Then Megan then discovers the kids all huddled <laughs> together. There's a there's a lot of cat and mouse going on here. Where people yell and Jason gets distracted and he can only head in one direction at a time. Uh, what is this where Jason will only listen to one person at a time? Yeah, he's very easily distracted. Yeah. He's, like, he's very much like a like a dog in that in that regard. He'll he'll just be he'll just be staring at something and he'll hear like a sound in the distance. He's like what what what? And then just immediately turns away and forgets what he was doing before. <laughs> I it's. Really, for a creature who up until this point has been able to, you know, show some craftiness in that he was able to distract a, a drunk with a rock. He's a, he's a single-minded <laughs> killing. He's a single-minded killing machine that could be distracted by pretty much by somebody all but snapping their fingers at him. <laughs> um, speaking of distraction techniques, we also discover Sissy's head has been placed inside of a police vehicle. And yet another edition of Jason Voorhees' interior exterior decorator. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the only one. Is it the only one she discovers? As far as I'm aware, that and and Sheriff Garris tripping over Deputy Pappas are the only two surprise you discovered a body moments uh, in the movie. Yeah, she also just kind of goes into the like bloody room and is like, what? Everything's blood. (laughs) um uh, and that's kind of about it but yeah yeah we don't really get any uh we don't get any bodies falling out of trees and really outside of paula she's the only person forced through a window so at least that trend continues (laughs) um you know jason Voorhees hates windows well established (laughs) at this point oh yeah just just window gotta break it yeah It, it shouldn't stand it's it's a God should not allow it, and so I will destroy it for him. Uh, so we get one <laughs> head uh, pop out, uh, and then uh, Megan starts screaming her head off. This attracts the attention of Jason Voorhees, but wouldn't you know it, 
Dad Sheriff Garris is in the woods and he's not having any of it. No, not her, he yells. And then he begins to have a physical fight with zombie Jason Voorhees. This includes, I might add, one wicked headshot with uh, some sort of cord of wood or uh, a two by four that has Shaw Brothers dust on it. So you get that impact. (laughs) I thought he was hitting him on the head with a rock or something. Oh, that comes after. Oh, okay. My bad. (laughs) There's a couple moves. He tackles him from behind because he's a hero. He kicks him in the gut because he's a cop. He whacks him (laughs) in the side of the head with a two by four. And then he gives him a couple, a head noggin to the face mask. And that is the impetus that he, Jason uses to fold Sheriff Garris (laughs) in half. Oh, God. I, I, I still looked away from this one. You know, I don't think I realized that he folded him in half until this, like, kind of, like, second watching of it. And I was like, wait, is his... Oh, his arms are by his feet. That's not natural. <laughs> like, no. In a backwards way. Like, I didn't get it the first time. I was like, how did he kill him? Hmm. Because it's so dark. Hmm. hmm. It is. It's, <laughs> again, we get a lot of shadow play here. Yeah. I think that's the way they got away with what it could be a very grisly death. But the way it's pre- presented is it's, it's a magic trick. And... The crunchy noises are the things that really set it apart. That's that's how you can. What, what's really what's worse, the 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 person being folded the wrong way in this <laughs> one, the the also a, a sheriff or sheriff's deputy, if I recall, being folded the wrong way in the blob, or oh. or the guy being folded in the cot in Freddy vs. Jason. Um, I, I think this one is the best magic trick out of all of them. Although the blob has some of the best magic tricks I've ever seen in camera. Those in, if you had people, if you have not watched the eighties remake of the blob, I don't know what you're doing. Oh, Turn it's fucking, up, pause it's fucking, this podcast and go watch it now. It's fucking great. <laughs> it's the best. Despite the presence of a horrid Dylan in the lead role. Everything else about the movie is fantastic. You know, you were talking about that, and I have not seen the 80s version. I've only seen the original, and I was like, I don't remember a guy folding in half in the original blob. That's weird. Oh, no, no, this, 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 this will, you know, this ain't your daddy's blob. I'll just say And it's all pre-digital effects, and the things they're able to the, the the kind of gore that they're able to do with it and the way the blob moves it's just it doesn't look natural it doesn't look right but it's perfect for the blob and oh god i love that movie i love it <laughs> i love it okay uh i love it more than this movie and i really like this movie um so anyways uh yeah sheriff garris totes gets uh folded in half r.i.p.d sheriff garris uh, you finally used your power of yelling for good. You, sa- you saved your daughter's life. Uh, she then runs back to camp to huddle children around her in some sort of human shield, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure why she's not just loading them up into, you know, 
there's got to be some sort of you know larger vehicle on the premises. It's a camp, so, so presumably there's a truck of some kind. Or I'm not sure why she's just not you know taking them all and fleeing in the other direction out of the camp. I mean, the main reason she the 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 barrier between her and the kids originally is Jason Voorhees making a door explode. <laughs> and typical Jason Voorhees fashion, he then goes out a different door and window. <laughs> He crashes through two doors in a row. That's how he's playing. Um, and then, uh, then Tommy managed. Oh, wait a second! He's the loudest gate in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's okay, Sweepy. I'll just edit it out. Thank you. Sorry. Almost done. Um. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, he crashes through two doors. Uh, then Tommy yells, hey, Jason, I'm the one you want. And Jason has this realization. You're right. <laughs> you are the victim that I want. And it doesn't matter that you're out in the middle of a lake. Hey, did I drown just several movies ago? Yeah. Does everyone keep saying that I drown, but then somehow I live? So maybe water might be scary to me. Sure. But in part four, I swam like fucking... A torpedo and now i don't care i'm just going to walk from the shore to the boat <laughs> he walks this is the thing that's supposedly going to keep him contained and he walks into the middle of it so my question to you both is if this is the magic fixer right that he's locked in the middle of the lake and he can't get out by a rock why can he just walk into the middle of it? Why can he maintain his... Why can he keep kicking and and stay level with Tommy in a boat like he's in a synchronized swimming contest? <laughs> well, he goes underwater at one point, so... But there's not that much... Like, once he's under... Yeah, I don't know. That part was confusing. I'm like, well, he's not going to drown. Like... Yeah, the, the, to the top of his head should be like maybe um, two or two or three inches under the water. Yeah, and it kind of is near the boat, but only like a yeah, it's only a couple inches, not like a couple feet like you would want. And then for the rest of like humanity, like what camp kids are just gonna swim around this floating body, like <laughs> sitting on a rock for the rest of the time? It's not a well thought out plan, I don't think. Yeah, no. I mean, if there was if there was gonna be if there was if drought if drought season comes, I mean, they're just gonna <laughs> see that that head just like floating in the water like a beach ball. Yeah, yeah. All it takes is is, and this is also assuming that he'll always constantly float, because yeah. the only thing it's it's on a cinch, it's like a lasso. So if he were to sink at any point, the lasso would come off his neck. And then he'd be free and clear. Oh, that's true. Well, my, well, my question is, I mean, in, in this movie alone, Jason has ripped someone's arm off, twisted someone's head off, and folded a man like a suitcase. Uh, or I should say more like a beach chair. How come <laughs> he ain't breaking through those chains? Yeah. I mean, he should be able to snap through those things like clothesline. I don't know. Does he ever try to kind of yank the chains off? 
I feel like no. he's still just trying to, like, kill somebody. He's still just flailing away at, at, yeah. at Tommy rather than trying to free himself. He no, he's have... mystified by those chains. Like, <laughs> he doesn't really understand how he they He does. Work. He He's suddenly been struck dumb. Which he's, got, he's gone back to his, you know, big dumb, you 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 know, inbred monster character. Whereas before he was, you know, this, like... You super super stealthy you know, killing machine. Now he's like, what? What is it? What? I, I can't move. Yeah, uh, it's not the perfect scenario. You know what makes it also a bit ludicrous is when Tommy Jarvis 3.0 sets the lake on fire. <laughs> yeah, I, I. Yeah. It's like I, I'm not sure in any. The, the, Tommy should have died at least three or four different times just in this five minute sequence. Yeah, but he I didn't keeps even an open can of, of gasoline in this thing while the boat's breaking apart and the lake's on fire and it doesn't, it never comes back around. I, I just don't know how the lake stays on fire for as long as it does. I don't get why he set it on fire. Would, yeah, what does that yeah, mean, does the fire not, draw Jason out? He's like, not going to burn underwater. Physics don't yeah. work that way. like it's it's a chuck norris movie and if he goes outside of the circle he loses you know the octagon tournament i i I do have i I do have the feeling it probably was in in this this miraculously helpful occult book that he read (laughs) that he turned to the page that he needed immediately and explained the situation that he was in and how to fix it just just perfectly but on the other hand i could be a more simple explanation i think somebody just thought it would be look really cool if Jason leapt out of you know, a lake of fire. Yeah, on fire. you know they were like, they were listening it, they were listening to that meat puppet song. I said, hmm, "Lake of fire, lake mm, of fire." Like <laughs> I, I got it. Let's do this. Stroke of genius. It also uh, brings to mind that again, Jason is wearing gloves, and it looks so stupid for him to have gloves on. Like he's in a in a in a Ford F one fifty commercial. <laughs> I thought he was just doing some gardening. <laughs> well, you wouldn't want to get your corpse hands dirty. No. He's only been in the ground for several years. <laughs> he's full of maggots. Um, and so yeah, he manages to kind of choke drown Tommy. <laughs> Um, then the, the camp counselors go, oh, is Tommy dead? And Megan's like, eh, maybe I'm going to run down to that lake with my jacket and boots on and jump into it and help him out. Here's small, here's small children. Just stay, just stay right here without an adult to protect you. Yeah. yeah at this point, when I gotta Jason get my, I gotta get my, emerge, I gotta get my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. You should have smooched this guy through jail cell bars <laughs> because he will make you do anything. And wouldn't you know it, Jason reaches up and grabs her by her inappropriate boots and starts to yank her down. She has the wherewithal, however, to swim over to the half of the boat that uh, has not sunk and start up the motor ever so slowly. This is not a very tension-filled sequence. This is the unsuccessful sequence in the movie. Um, And then manages to steer that propeller once uh, ignited uh, and steer it straight into uh, Jason's face. (laughs) Which I thought it was going to, like, chainsaw... Like, I thought 
it was gonna cut the chains off of him. Well, if she cuts when, his while it was head happening, off, yeah, he then, would emerge from the fucking lake. Yeah, that was my other. That was the other thought that I had. I'm like, either it's gonna cut his chain off, or it's gonna cut his head off, and then you, he's just gonna reattach his head to his body somehow later on once he gets away from the lake. <laughs> yeah, um, but he gets he get, he shakes around like he's getting electrified. Uh, <laughs> And a chunks of gore come out of him, although we don't really see it. It's yeah, it just, just looks like in shadow. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes sleepy time bye-bye. <laughs> and I would say R.I.P.D. Jason Voorhees, but we know he comes back. Uh, <laughs> there's just, I guess, I guess that book that he picked up at the roadside occult store <laughs> was true. Because he just fades away. He just goes into stasis. He has, yeah. a, li- he has a little nap. <laughs> Good night, Jason. Good night. Night night. Mm. Sweet dreams. <laughs> uh, Tommy is revived by Megan pushing on his chest. Uh, he doesn't yell, live, bitch, that's all you've ever wanted to do, like in the abyss. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite uh, save a drowning victim scene of all time. Just, just cursing at them? Yeah, curse. <laughs> curse at that person. Mm-hmm. Tell them they're a horrible person and that will make them want to live. <laughs> For like 10 minutes. And then- oh my god. <laughs> so many people drown in that movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, then they hug one another and yeah, that's it. That's we get it. A, a day later shot of the lake during the daytime and and uh Jason's there, and I maybe he flinches a little. Yeah, he opens. The... He opens his eye. Uh-huh. Yeah, I still thought that this movie was all a build up for like the little girl to become like a new horror, like Jason type person. Like they tried that for the... the last two movies, and it didn't take. Oh, is it the same little girl, or is it? Oh, oh, you mean no, like no, no, no. Sp- I, I, I see what you're saying. Never mind. I know what you're saying. Like they tried to make a different character, Jason. Yeah, yeah, like like part Tommy, four, basically. part four had kind of a fake out ending where where uh, little Corey Feldman is apparently you're supposed to think he inherited the the mantle of evil. Now I I don't know that they were necessarily setting up the lore of Jason goes to hell, in which apparently it it is something that you can pass around from person to person. Like uh like the movie was it Fallen where the, the hidden. Yeah, well, I think that yeah, there was that one too. There was the hidden, and there was the movie Fallen, where all you had to do was touch someone. Oh yeah, and you kind of you could pass on your evil from person to person. Uh, I I don't know they were necessarily hinting, you know, because I, I don't I don't think that these people really planned that far ahead when when creating these movies. But that was certainly the first indicator that this was something that you know, one could pass around like a cold, you know, <laughs> and, that, and that you know even though you've just seen you know, this person you know presumably murder your mother and nearly murder your sister, suddenly it occurs to you, hey, you know what? I I, I kind of like what this guy's selling. I think I'm going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, there we go. That's that's Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, y'all. Jason lives and kind of continues to in the lake. Um, <laughs> and we'll see him next time. Uh, Jason will return. And this brings us once again to everyone's favorite game show. 
that listens exclusively to the game show someone plays at the end of a podcast episode. And that is Choose Your Own Death Venture, where we're going to decide which death of those presented in this section of the movie we would choose if we were forced to. And so our choices are thus. A spike or arrow or knife to the forehead, uh, having your head crushed to the point where (laughs) snot comes out or brain, (laughs) we're not sure which, being folded in half like a beach chair, or uh, being drowned by having a a chain around your neck and a rock, and then you just kind of go sleepy time, (laughs) bye-bye. And so, Wendy, as our guest, I turn to you first, your answer, please. Oh, this one's kind of a rough one because now do you get the ability to come back if you die like Jason or you're just dead, dead? You're just dead, dead. <laughs> All right, fudge, because I don't want to drown. So never mind. Um, you know, I kind of think there's a bit of charm to how the sheriff dies. I feel like it would be a quick instant death. And at least you knew you went down fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would like to think that that I would... Uh, see jason going after someone or like if he was going after my cat or something i'd be like no not not him and like go attack jason and then if he folded me like a chair i'd i'd be like well you know at least i went out protecting the one that i love i've had a a good run i had a good run (laughs) the the only point of contention here is that you would also have to sport his mustache All right, I can deal with that. <laughs> okay, that's fine. It's a hell of a mustache. All right, Gina, I, I I look to you now. What say you? Uh, yeah, man, that that sheriff's death always, always, always freaked me out. Just, just the the crunching and the and the <laughs> even suggested brutality of it. I I can't I I can't do that to myself. I, I'm gonna have to take the the knife and or dart and or arrow, whatever the hell it is, <laughs> to to the head and. You know, and then I, I fall into a boat, and I, you know, presumably just peacefully float off to my doom. You know, <laughs> m- maybe, maybe my, maybe my boat would have caught on fire, and I, and I would have gotten a Viking's funeral. You know, sure. I was gonna choose that one too because I liked how originally you had chosen the death uh, where the character fell into the coffin to save your family some money, and my <laughs> thought was the boat would be another good way to set, you know, for your family to save money because they could just light it on fire. And give yeah, you but so, the, the Viking but so stuff. If you're yeah. fold, but if you're folded in half too, that would that would also save save yeah. some money. Yeah, because you can get a kid's of... casket, and those would be cheaper. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I wouldn't this know. Is true. I hope I never find out. <laughs> I like that we're all choosing the thrifty death. <laughs> yeah. We know the value of a dollar. Exactly. We're, we're all dead. very I, we're all very hard workers. In this in this economy you cannot afford to not cut costs. Listen, I'm, I'm dead. I don't care. Do what you want with me, I'm dead. Who cares? <laughs> we have established that my only need for my funeral is that candy by cameo we played. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is up for grabs. Uh, I Gina, again, you've read my mind. I'm also going to go with the arrow slash knife to the forehead to the forehead death, primarily because then I get to do that awesome J- John Ritter like uh, fall <laughs> into the boat because that's a beautiful piece of stunt work, and yeah. I really enjoy it. Yeah. 
Uh, so that brings <laughs> us uh, to the end of yet another uh, Kill by Kill podcast. Uh, hey, Wendy, where can people find out more about you? Hey. Uh, so, uh, as you mentioned earlier, I have a podcast called Pet Cinematary. Uh, people can check that out on iTunes or Podbean or wherever you find podcasts these days. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at Pet Cinematary. Uh, and then also on like Instagram, there's a Facebook page, all kinds of good stuff. Cool, cool. Check it out, people. Hey, Gina, where can people find you on the internet? I write about 70s and 80s television at tuneintonight.wordpress.com. Do it now, people. Hey, do you want to talk to us? There's a couple different ways to do it. You can find us on Twitter at KillByKillPod. Or if you have something to say that might be beyond 140 characters, email us uh, KillByKillPod at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at KillByKillPodcast. And would you do us a favor, please, if you like the show, even if you just kind of like the show, do me a solid rate and review us on iTunes. I know every podcast asks you to do it, but only I am asking you to do it with my whole and entire heart. Uh, If you do that and tell us what your favorite death is in a movie that we've covered, primarily the Friday the 13th series, we will read it here on the air. That is our pledge to you, the listener. And this is the end of Friday the 13th, part six. Uh, We will be coming back with a special, people. It's our anniversary time. And we're going to do something that we've wanted to do from the very beginning. I want you to buckle up because this is going to be one hell of a ride. Uh, The long-term killers will know what it is. Newer listeners, you might not be aware of it. But I promise you, this is going to be a good time. Uh, And that does it for us here at the Kill by Kill podcast. We will see you next time uh, for Wendy and for Gina. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Kill by Kill is produced by We Write Good and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Friday the 13th is owned by Paramount Pictures. Jason is owned by New Line Cinema. No infringement is intended. Kill by Kill logo was designed by Josh Hollis. Visit him at joshhollis.com. The Kill by Kill theme was created exclusively for us by Revenge Body. Get the whole track and much, much more at revengebodymemphis.bandcamp.com today.